Hi, I'm Matt Kierkegaard, and thanks to Cry Malt, this is Beer is a Conversation. This week we are joined by brewer Ian Watson from Brisbane's Slipstream Brewing. We have had Ian on the show before, but this week we are specifically discussing brewed on dates on packaging. This discussion rose around the recent Greg Cook conversations and the many emails and texts I got from listeners with their own experiences with beers in bottle shops, including one sharing Slipstream's packaging. Slipstream's beers have a packaged on date, followed by a best before date of four months. I wanted to find out from Ian why they use that system and what impacts, if any, it has had on their business. As you will hear, it's a pretty forthright chat. Enjoy the conversation. Ian Watson, welcome back to Beer is a Conversation. Good to be here, Matt. Matt, it's always good to chat, and uh, but today we're speaking about a specific issue. Uh, recently, we've uh, looked at the issue of date coding of beers, and it's be- increasingly becoming a hot-button issue um, in the industry. And uh, during the week, um, whilst the discussion was taking place in various uh, social media forums, somebody sent out a photograph of a can that had a best-before date, and it ended up being one of your Slipstream beers. Um, so I just wanted to have a bit of a chat to you and find out a little bit more about what was the thought process in you guys putting a canned on date as well as a best before date, how you came at, at your dates and um, why you came to that decision. So I guess, uh, yeah, maybe tell us a little bit about your thoughts about canned on dates and best before dates. Sure. Okay. So we put a short shelf life on our beer. Um, and we How long? Just a- uh, Currently four months. Yeah, so yeah, 120 days. Um, so we put the packed on date, so you can see when the when the beer went into the can. You've got an idea of it, and we put the best before, and that way we think we're giving the the consumer the best information about that beer. So we're telling them not only when it was made, but when we think that uh, if kept in, in in reasonable fare, that a small brewery's beer is still going to be in the way that I'm happy for people to drink my beer. Um, so we could put, just put a packed on date and we get a lot of pressure to either extend our date or, or to get rid of a best before date altogether and just put a packed on date. But that's not telling the, the consumer the full story, in my opinion. You need them to know how comfortable you are as the brewer when you think it is. Otherwise, to me, it feels like I'm just throwing the hands up in the air and say, yes, when I put it in the, the can, and sure, it's good forever, man. You know, just drink it, whatever. But we're a small brewery. We have no lab. Well, we do, but our lab is extremely minimal. We've been going for less than 12 months, so we've got no long-term data on our our beer uh, so I would much rather be conservative and I'll say if you keep our beer cold and keep it in that period there it's it's still going to be uh, in a way that I'm happy for you to pay money for at the end of that at the end of that date there. Now you've got 120 days on um, I, I think you've said in the past that if it was left entirely up to you in a perfect world it would probably even be shorter than that probably 90 days how did you arrive at, at those numbers? That's just experience over time and um, uh, being realistic with it. And, you know, like if we had a, uh, a bigger and better lab set up um, and we could do more QC, uh, QA over time with it and possibly extend it out further, but even still, even being just being absolutely realistic, that is, for most beers, that's, that's the shelf life. Keep it cold too. Uh, you know, I'm not even talking about keeping it warm. Keep it cold, and 90 to 120 days is is a realistic shelf life. It's going to be guys jumping up in the air and say, up and down, and saying, throwing their hands here and go, no, 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 my beer will be blah blah blah. But look, it won't. When ABI uh, puts 90 days on Budweiser, and they've got they're better than it, than all of us. 
doesn't matter how good you are at Thicker Bring and Brewer, ABI is better than us uh, at that, at the QA, QC. And when they say that's the shelf life of Budweiser, well, hey, I, I don't have the facilities they do, so I don't think my beer can last beyond there, particularly a hoppy beer, which is what this company specialises in, is, is hop-forward beers. There is no way that in six months' time the IPA is going to be uh, have the hop aroma that it should have or that I would be happy for you to pay money for. And that's, that's it. You're paying money for it. You want beer in, in the freshest shape possible. Is that true even if the beer is kept cold, the, the brewery has its uh, production and packaging uh, you know, processes nailed um, and they've got cold distribution um, and cold retailing, even then uh, is, is six months uh, an outside date or a date that you wouldn't want to see your beers at? Yes. <laughs> there um, you go. Look, there is more to it than that. And the better your, your equipment is, the better your procedures are, the tidier your procedures are, the better you're able to check things. Yeah, sure, but it doesn't matter. You know, you, There's some great brewers around that have got some great stuff and uh, if they're completely honest, they'll, they'll not, it's, it's no matter how cold you keep it, no matter how good all that stuff is, time, you can't stop time. You, when, when it's kept cold, you're slowing that down. You're retarding that, that, that ageing significantly, but it's still happening. It's, it's still happening, and um, there's no way you can get away from that. You're, over time, your beer is just going to slowly degrade, and do you want your beer to be consumed by a consumer in a, in a way that is going to make you cringe when they have it? Or do you, as a consumer, wanting to, to be paying for a beer that uh, if the brewer is fully and truly honest with themselves, they'll be cringing in, in the way that it's, that it's tasting? Um, that's about it. It's about getting, getting it to the consumer in the best, the best way. We have pressure on us to, to change that. We have pressure on us every, every week to change that. And we've just, in the last week, we had a customer big retailer that wanted to buy a pallet of beer from us when they found out we only put um, four months uh, shelf life on it um, they dropped that order down to, to five cases they said they want 12 months shelf life on it um, we sent them those five cases one of the cases uh, of, of beer had just over a month left on the shelf life they rejected it and said no but they're quite happy for us if we had 12 months shelf life to take that beer of that same age so you know, it was not about the freshness, it's just they were just concerned about the date that was, was printed on there. Or if there was no date, they were happy to take a beer that was that same, same age, which was concerning to me in that they don't really care about the freshness of the product. They just care about the, um, when you're saying the, the end is on it. But surely that's the argument that, uh, is that the consumer goes in and if they only see there's a um, month on, the consumer doesn't know whether that date was set at one month, six months, 12 months, they just see that they've only got one month left to drink it and they'll make the worst assumptions as opposed to the best assumptions. But when they can see on there that it was, it was canned only two months prior, you know, you're, you're showing them the, the window, to it, window to it there and that's where the retailer has to educate too, that this is, this is short shelf life, this is, fresh, this is fresh beer, the brewer wants it consumed fresh rather than saying a 12 months window on there. Um, which I could just change the next time we do a canning run. I could just change and put 12 months on it. But you know what? It's not going to change the freshness of that beer. It's going to make that retailer happy, but it's not going to make them truly happy because you're not going to give them any, any beer that's going to last any longer. It's just, it is what it is. Beer is a short shelf life product, and we've got to, we've got to accept that. We've also maybe got to look at our, ourselves in how much, how much beer we produce uh, or, of each lot and make sure we're ro- rotating things around. 
I used to work in in the retail side of it, as as you know. And one of my uh, one of my former bosses, he told me, so I was doing all the ordering. He told me, with the exception of of top end, high end product, so top end spirits or, or wines like Hill of Grace, etc., or you know, in some of our beers, things like Thomas Hardyale, it did have a longer shelf life. You know, bar, big strong barley wine, and that sold for a high price. With those exceptions, if you couldn't sell what you'd ordered in two weeks, you'd have ordered too much. With any form of business, the quicker you turn something over, the better for your profit. Um, the longer you have something, or the more you've got to sell it for to make it. You're better to sell it at a lower, a lower margin and quicker, because uh, that's how you make the, the most, uh, you get the best turnover, you make the most money. Um, and then when you look that in, in as far as a, a perishable product, that becomes even, even more important. So his advice to me was, if you can't sell it in two weeks, you've ordered too much, or we're stocking too many different products. So maybe we've got to look at the amount of beers that are on the shelf. It's too many. Pull those down so what's there can turn over within that shorter shorter period. And they don't have to stock it all the time. They can rotate and put something something else on there and then get it back and, and help keep that freshness up. But one of the arguments against that is that's great if uh, if we've got a retail chain that's built up of small independent, you know, small, well, the ownership doesn't matter, but the small retailers that are ordering regularly um, at a store level and they know what's moving, what the stock counts are and those sorts of things. We, as a matter of practical reality, have a very highly centralised retail industry that we've got two major players. Um, Hopefully this isn't a glass uh, truck that's uh, (laughs) coming through. Um, We've got a highly centralised, they order centrally, they distribute out um, and some shops are going to turn over faster, some uh, are going to turn over slower, but it's, isn't it much more important that we get beer out to market than we get beer out to market fresh? No. Uh, if I go into a, a shop and I can buy a, a brisket sandwich, you know, I love eating brisket, um, but um, if I can buy a brisket sandwich, is it more important that I've got a brisket sandwich there or that that brisket sandwich is fresh? To me, it's more important that the thing's fresh. And if you can't do it, you can't do it. Uh, there's a difference between a brisket sandwich which goes off and beer which uh, it's a best before date not a use by date Um, beer you know can store conceivably for a year or two without causing any ill harm to the consumer yeah look look, that's that's true and in that way that's not a a good example look the beer will never go off in such a way that's going to make you sick but if consumers paying money for it they expect the product to be in in reasonable shape if you, and if that's the only way your, your beer is getting to market and, you, and you're putting it out there and then consumers buying it and it's it's too old, really, what's the point? You know, you're not doing yourself any any favours as a, as a company. You're someone's going to try your beer and they're going to get it shit. And it's true, it's going to be shit. It was probably great when it came out of your tank at the brewery, but it doesn't matter how good it is when it comes out of your tank at a brewery. It matters how good it is when I buy it. And if it's shit, well, it's just shit. Put a shorter shelf life on it. If that's got to change your distribution model, so be it. That's got to change your distribution model. If that changes the viability of things, well, maybe we're all unviable. It's just the reality. What's the point if the beer's not fresh? What's the point if it's not tasting any good? Fuck it, we just put water in the bottle. You know, that it's the reality to it. it if it's not tasting good... There is, a, there is a finite life for when that beer is going to be tasting good. And if it's not going to be tasting good, then what's the point? And I think your old mate Greg uh, from the other day, his insidious creep is really it. And we do that to ourselves all the time. And we do all compromise ourselves in, in doing it. But we've just got to be realistic 
um, and hey, let those guys that want to put 12 month shelf life on their, on their beer do it and let the beer taste like shit. Or invest in a really good pasteuriser, um, invest in other really good equipment and do it in such a way that your beer can, can take that long shelf life. And it's still, even with doing that, it's still going to be more shit at 12 months old than it was at, at one month. But you're, you're going to make the beer shitter earlier and last longer. You mentioned Thomas Hardial, and uh, you know one of the things that always comes up is there are some beer styles that last very well, um, and they are designed for that sort of aging. And the argument goes that, well, aren't you just going to end up consume, uh, confusing the consumer because the, the craft beer world is still so immature that if you start putting all of these different dates on and different rules around beer, we're going to actually confuse the consumer and drive them away. Yeah, oh, no. Well, that's just part of our explanation on the on the the label of it. You know, we don't have to put a song and verse, and we don't have to put the Oxford Companion to beer on there to to tell them all about it. But we can do that. And the reality is, the the amount of beer styles that will actually age well is pretty limited. It's 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 pretty small. You know, there's about a, maybe a dozen or so styles that truly are worth that way. Someone's going to write a comment about how no, no, no. There's so many beers that can age well, but. I've been aging beer for a couple of decades now, and I've learnt the hard way that most just don't do it. Yeah, you know, I um, have sat down and had a 45-year-old bottle of Guinness with you that was found in a cellar, and uh, it was drinkable. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was surprisingly drinkable. Actually, even more surprising was the... Um, I think it was actually a 65-year-old or something, but the 65-year-old bottle of Bass that we had, which was unrecognisable from the IPA that it was, but uh, it was certainly still drinkable, but... The leathery, uh, oxidised notes that were coming through from that, I don't think we could dare compare that to a fresh IPA. It was more of an interesting experience than a good experience. Um, but I have had old old beers and some old Thomas Hardy Ale and some old Imperial Stouts and so forth that, yeah, really really were quite lovely and quite a different um, thing. And old, old Lambics and, and uh, Flemish Reds. Um, but... They really are in the minority of styles, and particularly as to what's popular in craft beer at the moment, which is um, hop-driven beers. They just, they just don't, you know. But the the other thing I read on uh, Facebook all the time, and I should probably avoid going to Facebook, but I, I read all the time is uh, Hodgson invented IPA so it would age. Yeah, that's not really true. That's our lovely story, isn't it? <laughs> um, no, yeah. Go out. There's some great books on IPA and. Um, uh, I think um, Hops and Glory by Pete Brown is one of the best to it. And there's some wonderful stories around IPA that are, you know, I've been guilty of, of telling at um, beer events over time and I'll probably still will again because they're a great yarn, but then have to put the disclaimer at the end that, well, they're not true. But n- no, it wasn't really that way. And, you know, IPA was very, very popular at that time and, um, yeah, it did go through a long sea voyage. But what we drink as IPA now is just a vastly different beer and what we drink uh, to what it was then what we drink as ipa now is a vastly different beer to the beers we loved as ipas 12 years ago and you look those beers we don't talk about and rave about it but there's just as good a beer as they were 12 years ago it's just that stylistically the style has is constantly evolving and changing and and really ipa is not ipa it's 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 IPA. It's yeah. It's just changed so much. And what about the consumer? Because the other thing, whenever I raise this issue, people will say, "I don't care. I want to drink X beer, and I know that it's not here. I'll drink it grey market. I will, you know, drink it older than it should be. But at least that way, I have consumed the beer." Good for you. You've ticked a box and wasted some money. You drank old beer. I won't pay for old beer. 
Uh, I have in the past and I probably will in the future unwittingly, but, um, yeah, you know, if you want to do that, do that, but you're not, you know, whatever, it's your choice, man, I wouldn't do it. It's one of those things, like I was recently um, had a Melvin um, IPA. It's a new, hot, you know, um, hyped uh, US brewery. It had just landed. It was pretty much out to market. I, I had it, and it was a gobsmackingly nice IPA. Like it didn't change my world. It didn't, but in terms of an expression of an IPA, it was a really delightful beer. That was a really lovely experience. Is the cost of that that, well, maybe the next one I get because the same shipment's going to take a while to flow out. I know the next one's not going to be as good, but at least I got to have that fresh experience the first time I tried it. Yeah, you know, that's happened a lot over the, over the years where a new beer has turned up from overseas. And I rarely buy imported um, beers, particularly not in the, the hoppy stuff anyway, just because of the, um, the ravages of time um, and, and transport and distance. But without naming names, there was a... Um, a beer from a pretty big craft brewery from overseas come on the Australian market, I can't remember, five, six years ago. Uh, and it landed here at a pretty uh, pretty good price. Hey, there's no way I can produce a, a, a beer that good at that price. Um, and when it first came, it was available in major retailers. When it first came, I, um, I, I bought it and was loving it for, for the price it was at. It's great. Uh, but then... After those initial shipments come and it started sitting around a bit more, I buy it and just more and more and more and more and more. You know, you could tell the tell the age and tell the oxidation coming across in it. And it was interesting. Uh, I was having a discussion online about that beer a few years back, and a guy was saying sometimes the, the beer is hoppier and sometimes it's it's maltier with their batch. And it's like, oh, I think you'll find they've got pretty darn good consistency there. It's just that the it's getting old. The beer you're buying is old, uh, hence why it's not tasting as hoppy and vibrant and why the malt is is seemingly a little bit bigger in this batch i think you find it's oxidation coming through no 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 it's it's not oxidation i just backed out i know beer don't back chat me fellas i just backed out of the conversation it's like yeah cool man if you're happy to think that uh a billion dollar craft brewery um which i've just given away the beer a billion dollar craft brewery have that sort of inconsistency in their their brewing you think that you know and if you're happy to pay for that oxidized ipa that's no longer very hoppy you you do that that's that's cool but i'm not going to waste my money on that it was a great beer once but it's just it's just sitting on the shelf too too long and it's happened across several brands you know when they first get to the country then we all buy it and it's nice and fresh and then everyone's a magpie and we move on to something else and they sit on the shelf and it's just not doing those beers any favor and why am i going to bother with that when there are so many great australian ones fresh and you know even with australian ones forgetting that out why am i it's going to have to be a good IPA from interstate for me to chase it when I can go and get a, a, a Green Beak and Windjammer or, or, or a Newstead 2 to the Valley or, or you know, stuff Scott is doing down at Bolter and they're fresh and they're bloody great beers and you know, I can pick them up and they're a couple of weeks old. So what is the solution? Do I, as a brewer, say, well, I'm going to limit my size, which, you know, it's a, it's a much harder business route for me to... Right? Um, if I want to export, do I, rather than export... I get it contract brewed the way we've seen Goose Island and uh, Brooklyn um, brew locally over here? Um, or do I just, you know, what, what is the answer to, to the industry? Because there is demand for these beers all around the place. How do I get my beer um, into the consumer's hands in the quality that I want? That's up to each individual business to, to see what you want and what your business needs. And then that's 
and uh, based on what a, what your facilities are for, for QA, for QC. Um, and then that's our own personal call and that's up to them. But, you know, it's pointless selling beer to someone if it's not in a state that you're happy to stand behind and go, yeah, I made that. Yep, I'm happy with how that tastes. If you can't do that, you know, what's the, I, I, I just don't understand what the point, what the point is there. Are you going to, are you happy for someone to drink a stale beer? It's oxidised, it's lost all its character. And, and for you to say, yeah, man, I made that beer, I, I wouldn't be. But if you are, that's fine. That's, that's, that business's decision. And I don't know how, what their uh, facilities are like. You know, they can make, they can make that decision on the, on their own. Um, but yeah, that's, that's up to the individual. But we might just have to be realistic about what the capabilities of our, of our industry. Recording this interview in a working brewery and uh, Ian's just managed to keep that answer going while signing for a uh, consignment of uh, glassware or something? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> well, look, mate, there's not much else uh, to, to really say about this issue. How's everything going uh, for Slipstream? Yeah, pretty good. We're, we're forging ahead. We're about to double in size um, with um, uh, new equipment arriving. We've had new staff uh, come on board and so we'll have double, the, size, double uh, the capacity here within a, within a few weeks. Does that mean we're going to double the uh, best before dates on our beard to uh, to pay for all of that new stainless and uh, all of the additional uh, capacity? Uh, well, uh, you have to ask the owner. It's ultimately their decision, but I will always fight the fight. But, um, yeah, I, I, I just wouldn't be happy otherwise. And, you know, I'll create a rod for myself here and I'll be a hypocrite in a few years' time or something like that. But, no, I, I will always make that, that stand and... I've always made that stand everywhere I everywhere I work um, that you've got to have a, a, a reasonable shelf life on it, um, and it, it's a hard and you know it's hard for owners of, of the businesses. I fully understand that because you've got to try to make a dollar every every way you can. But there's no point in giving something someone if it's not to the quality that that it that it should be. And particularly then when we've got retailers there that don't care how fresh the beer is, they just want the date longer on it, even though the beer would be no fresher. You know that's 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 a hard pressure for a for a business owner, particularly a new business owner like here at Slipstream. Um, but I'm pretty rigorous back to deal, and and you know he's he's been great. He's he said no, yeah. What's the point if it's if it's not if it's not fresh? So you know that's a that's a big credit to him. It's a it's an easy for me to say it. I don't have any money on the line. I just take a wage each week. But he's the one that's that's stumped up and put his hard earns and is is fighting to get his his product out there. Uh, I can actually, if you like, Matt, I've I've actually got uh, uh, an out of date beer here, and I can give you a taste of a fresh versus an out of date uh, that's within my within my specs. Absolutely, let's uh, give it a trial. In the garden, what a garden! Brews News is made possible by Brewpack, Australia's number one craft contract brewer. With over 100 craft beers and ciders on the roster and counting, Brewpack specialises in offering growing craft breweries a home for their packaged and kegged beer, no matter how crafty. Serious about handmade beers, and with an open-door policy, Brewpack's brewers love having passionate, hands-on partners in the brewery. Thinking about craft contract brewing? Think Brewpack. And uh, yes, we thank Brewpack for not only making a whole lot of great craft beers possible, but also for making this podcast possible. 
Okay, so we've got a can of Slipstream uh, Yoronga Pills, um, which is just, uh, I've had this before, this was the first of your beers I had. Lovely, bready malt character, nice drying bitterness at the back, little bit of a, I think it's a, you use Australian, New Zealand hops. I use uh, Hallertau Tradition from Germany and Helga, which I'll have to stop using soon because they're no longer available, which is an Australian grown Hallertau. Yep. Yep. So which has a, a slightly more tropical, slightly fruitier than floral nose than the... Uh... Yeah, it's very slightly, but it's certainly, um, it, it's more noble in its character than like Galaxy or, or, or those. Um, and guys from HPA, if you're listening, please bring back Helga in summer. Um, yeah, I love your other hops, but please bring back Helga. Uh, okay, and so this was canned back in October, October um, last year, last year and uh, had a, it's, it's just out of uh, date, like a month out of... A month out of when I, when I say. Um, but, um, you know, I got it here and give you a taste of it. Now all our beer is un, unfiltered, it's all unpasteurised. Okay, uh, I mean, look, the first thing, these are beautifully, these are beer clean glasses, so there's no, uh, um, it looks beautiful, you know, golden yellow color nice head head retention i oh, see this is where it's very hard to to um, objectively taste because i know that this is the uh, i'm not tasting blind the, the, the fresh that's, against that's right, the other that's right. but, but in in the end it's to um say are you happy to pay money for this beer uh to, to get your reaction to that and then we'll taste the fresh and then after you've tasted the fresh you'll you'd see you know see what your thoughts are between them yeah, I mean, look, it, 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 it is very hard because you don't know whether you're going looking for things that you wouldn't go looking for if, it, if you knew. Um, but it, look, I, I do get what I regard as a slight you know, cat's pee. Like, there's not cat's pee, but there's just that. There is a oxidant, like a slight cardboardy flavour um, with the, 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 the caveat again. But, uh, I mean, look... Would you send that back if you got that in a... You got that in the bar? No, I don't, well, not, not, not in this form. And again, that's where I'll sort of uh, so I'll compare it to, to the French. It, it, it's certainly not off enough that um, it actually, as, as we're going on, starting to get a little bit of an aftertaste um, now. Um, that is where the cardboard is, is starting to come through a little bit. Um, if I got served that in the bar, I wouldn't take it back, but I'd probably think, you know what, well, you know, it's drinkable, but that's not, that's not great. Um, and that's that's sort of where I, I would be putting that there at the moment, without going into details of how I think the ox, you know, yep. the level of oxidation and so forth there. But a quick pour us uh, fresh drops in. So I, mean, I guess my big thing is that it's, it would be the easiest thing in the world to sit here um, and taste that first beer and say, yeah, I get this, 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 and this because I know what to expect. I know the dates, and it's not blind. And I and I, if I was a listener listening to me say that, I'd be going, oh, of course he's going to say that because. He, he knows but uh, yeah well you're kind of loaded with expectation, yeah. expectation particularly as I'm already told you that this is a month beyond when I that's a month beyond when I would would have put it but straight away you can look but look I, I can honestly say as soon as I raise that um, second beer to my nose you get a like, and I wasn't even doing it consciously I just picked it up and I just got this lovely fresh floral character coming through um the, the, the beer just even looks a little bit brighter in the glass when you're holding it side by side. Um, it, it, and it, you know, they're, they're different batches, obviously, and so there could be a slight variability between it, but there is a, a very different look uh, to the beer in the glass. No, that, that's, that's part of time. That's part of time. Now, one thing that I'm happy with the two is that the, um, the colour's not much darker in the older sample, which is a, a good sign of, of low levels of oxygen. We, 
Um, we've had our, our beer tested straight off the line for dissolved oxygen. We have very, very low dissolved oxygen levels. So that's, that's a good sign for me and, and help there. But even without that, there is still always a little bit of oxygen in there, which is diminishing the hops, diminishing that, that um, beautiful, fresh, bready uh, uh, German Pilsen malt character. Um, yeah, our beers are um, unfiltered and it's just breaking down a little bit more and it's just got that slight sheen to the older one. But yeah, like that first one to me, it's... It's beyond the way I want my customer to have, but I, you know, I've had beer served that may many times in bars, and just thought, yeah, it's okay, but you know, it's not all that great. You taste the fresh one, and you know, why, sh- why, why should a customer pay for this beer when they can be paying for this beer? And look, and I can for this for the purpose of this exercise, I can put my hand in my heart and say that there is a distinct difference between the two beers. I don't know that uh, if I'd been served these blind in a bar, I would have I, I would have been much less impressed with the, the first sample than the second sample because it just yeah, the, the second one is just zinging with it's just got this lovely fresh um, drying hop character at the back. As, as I said, the, the first time I tried it, uh, it, it had that. The second one is I would describe it as being flabby, like it's just a little bit loose, a little bit. Yep. That's right. That's just time. There's nothing that can be nothing can be done um, about that. It, that's just reality to 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 beer. Um, we've got pretty good procedures here. Tests that we have had done uh, by by larger breweries that have helped us out and done there. All our numbers are all really good. That's just time. Now that out of date beer, you know what? I'm drinking that at home myself at the moment because I had a couple of cases that we pulled um, and. I'll drink that at home, but there's no way I would let anyone consume that and I could stand with pride to it. Um, I'm proud of the state that that beer's in for it, for its age and from a small facility. It's it's remarkably in good, remarkably good shape, but that's not what that beer is and that's not what the customer should be getting. They should be getting our, our, our beer in, in best shape. So something that's that's a month, uh, you know, month beyond what I, I consider the life to it. There is an argument you could just say, well, you should get better at this. But no, that's just the reality to it. It should be consumed fresh. Look, the, the one thing I'll say about that is there is a distinct difference between the two. Um, there is enough beer out there tasting like the second one that it, it, it's still pretty normalised for me. And, you know, like it, I don't think it's, a, like it's not an experience that I would try this and go, how good is this beer? But I also don't think I'd be going, oh, look, this bloke doesn't know what he's doing you'd think it was acceptable but you just wouldn't think it was great and that's what happens all, all, all the time I for Christmas a year or two back um, my family member of my family that lives in the state gave me a carton of beer from, from that state from various breweries there and there was a couple of really good beers in there and there was a couple that just just weren't so great and to be honest it was time was the was the biggest biggest factor they sat on a shelf in a in a shop there and weren't the beers that the brewer was intending and you know um must break the brewer's heart it'd break my heart for that and you know as the consumer you either think oh it's shit or it's yeah it's just uninspiring and you've paid money for it we, we've known each other for a long time in fact like you my you and i went into tastings together um a, a long long time ago and you know we've had a lot, lot of conversations and i know how much you love your american hoppy beers and you know, like things like race of five no not actually <laughs> i do love that beer though <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but uh, and, and I, I remember when you came back from a trip around uh, north america and you raved about the, the bars and the beers um that came on you haven't been back for a long time do you miss 
Like, do, do you miss having the experience of trying some of those beers? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, uh, I'm not a hophead, um, but I'm a brewer. I like good beer, no matter what, no matter what it is. And, and yeah, you know, going over there and, and trying some of those beers fresh, and it's um, absolutely awesome. And then um, seeing the shadow of what lands here on the shelf, and then people trying and going, "Wow, that's awesome!" It's like, "Nah, dude, you need to try it fresh, hey." And I have a young family. Um, I'm not going to be. Uh, uh, heading over there soon to, to try them fresh again you know would that be great yeah it would but you know what Jomo the joy of missing out who cares <laughs> there are so many great beers out there you know that who, who cares you know there's there's going to be other great beers land, land in front of me and I'll get to try them and I'd rather have something fresh and good and you know sometimes if you're if you're lucky and you you'll you'll get it right when the shipment of one of these ones just arrives in the bottle shop just after it's landed in the country grab it and enjoy it and it's still not going to be the beer it was fresh there you know a few weeks back but it's going to be a lot closer and yeah enjoy it man and see what see what someone else is doing somewhere else in the world but we don't have to have everything available to us all the time what we want available to us is stuff that's that's in the best shape that that beer can be from from that brewery. That's all we can ask for. I, I have to acknowledge that you are a Belgian lover. Um, so whilst you do, uh, you're not a hophead, but you, um, you do love your Belgian beers. Do you make an exception for, for, for Belgian beers? Because that's the one style that I find that local breweries aren't really... Um, doing and uh to, to get my good belgian fix to you know something like uh le Chouf. um when i see that i'll grab that and it's a little bit variable but to me it's still a style that can take a little bit of travel and it's one of the few exceptions i make with imports yeah i'm, I'm with you there you know partly to be a hypocrite but um no, look i do think too as far as bottle bottling technology and and their ability with it the belgians are probably the best um in that regard, probably the Germans close behind. Um, the worst, I think, of the Brits. You know, like a bottle of London Pride is is nothing like what you get. Or you know, yeah, fair enough. The cast condition stuff over there. But even I've had keg London Pride over in the UK, which is pretty well the same as the bottle stuff, and it's just nothing like it. It's not even worth considering. But uh, I don't think the, the emphasis on, on quality control and um, bottling technology is as high with the Brits because they've got more of a draft beer culture. Whereas the, um, the, the, the Belgians and the Germans, particularly the Belgians, actually don't have much of a draft beer culture and have more of a bottled beer culture. So the focus into the, the quality on that is, is a lot better. Uh, partially because they're not as hop-driven. Belgian beers still can be uh, a lot hoppier than what people think. You know, um, Belgian beers aren't these big, sweet things that some people think that they are. They're actually quite dry-finished um, beers with, with big, rich flavours. Um, but, yeah, I do make an exception for that. There's less Australian guys uh, playing around with them um, and uh, possibly less successfully in some cases, possibly because their focus has been on on more American-style craft beer, and that's where their expertise um, lie, is is in that, and less less on having a, um, a real obsession about Belgian-style beers. But there is certainly some good ones um, being done. Uh, less so in, in pack. I'm just racking my, my brain here, but there's been some, some lovely saisons done by a, a, a couple of different breweries in Australia. Uh, uh, Mr Sherlock there at, at Foghorn, um, he's done a, a couple of really nice Belgian blondes um, and, and triples, and they're worth checking out. They're not in, in pack form. Stone and Wood did one uh, 
am I remembering it wrong? Was it Stone and Wood or someone else did one uh, a Belgian Pale Ale as part of a pack a few years back? They did a saison. I can't remember when they did a Belgian Pale. No, you're, you're right. It was someone else did did one um, a Belgian Pale a few years back. That was really quite a nice little. Uh, nice little Brewing Company, when they were existing, Warwick Little, he he was about the guy that uh, I would always go to, to to for his belt. Yeah, yeah, Warwick was very, very good at those, very fastidious um, about them. Um, uh, um, yes, no, he, he was very good at that. But there's just less guys playing around with it um, now, so you see see less of it. So, yeah, I have to, have to drink the import um, stuff. But some of that is, some of that too is beer that is, is meant to age, you know. Uh, Rockefeller ten will keep for, for for quite a number of years, so you know I'm I'm less concerned about having a uh, a twelve month old Rockefeller ten than, than I am having a a twelve month old IPA. You know, twelve month old Rockefeller ten, awesome, great, I'll go for a twelve month old IPA. Nah, man, let someone else waste their money. Mate, always a pleasure. Um, we're, we're trying to keep the uh, conversation down to as close to half an hour as we can, and we've uh, ticked over that already. So, uh, Ian, it's always a pleasure to chat, and uh, all the best with Slipstream, and thank you for joining us on uh, Beer as a Conversation. No worries, Matt. Thanks for having me. And that was Ian Watson. As I said at the start, it was a pretty forthright chat and a really interesting one. Now, with that tasting, I am always very uncomfortable dissecting a beer or judging it when you know what it is and what you should be looking for. And I felt a bit uncomfortable saying I would have known that that beer was old because I don't think I would have picked it. It certainly was different from the second, fresher beer, and markedly less enjoyable. And when you had it side by side, there was a real difference. But I still can't say that I would have picked one but I know that I enjoyed the second one much, much more. And in that sense, it was a very powerful point that Ian made and one that I hadn't expected when I teed up the chat. Let us know what you think about the subject of beer dating, especially those of you who brew. What system do you use and why? Also, beer drinkers, does a beer date affect your purchasing patterns? Do you go looking for brewed on dates or do you go looking for best before dates? And when you see a best before date, does that actually mean anything to you? Do you know from the brewer how long that best before date is don't forget if you like what we do at brews news you can help us out in a number of ways you can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation that helps us with the show production and as our long-time listeners will appreciate our producer joe has been a great investment and that's where your money goes you can also review us on itunes or your favorite podcasting service let us know what you think and help others discover the show as well Thanks for tuning in this week. Look out for the next episode of Radio Brews News, where our editorial team and special guests discuss the beer news of the week. It will hit your podcast app Sunday night in time for your Monday morning commute. And remember, beer is a conversation.